Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Hakun Wong and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me soon is my co-host, will be my co-host, and frequent contributor to Pro Football Focus and Fantasy Pros, Ryan Whitfield. So, boy, lots of stuff going on this week. Lots of things to talk about. So much stuff in the world of sports going around, including the playoffs for the baseball and the Stanley Cup championship. That said, Ryan, let me ask you about the Stanley Cup championship. I know you're a hockey fan. I know you're a Bruins fan. Let me ask you how you felt about the Tampa Bay Lightning winning the Stanley Cup. Well, I mean, what I will tell you is that there are very few players in the NHL. and it's definitely a personal thing uh, based off of the Cup last year. But there are very few players in NHL that I hate more than Pat Maroon. Um, so I'm very frustrated okay. that he's a back-to-back <laughs> champion. Um, uh, just a, a, an yeah. obnoxious player to play. You know, he's Brad Marchand. If he's on your team, you love him. When he's not, you hate him. And so um, I don't like him. Now, to that part, I didn't like. I mean, as far as the, the rest of the team, um, actually, as a Bruins fan, there's a lot of Lightning players I don't like. But I do like Stamkos. Um, I do think okay. uh, yeah. that it was a uh, it was it was a lightning year in terms of I mean that team is loaded with talent and, and they're going to be really up against the salary going forward. Um, so this might have been their last real you know kick of the can and, and they were the, clearly the best team in hockey last year too. They just choked against Columbus. Right. Um, so after Samkos yep. uh, to get one finally, um, I think he's a pro's pro, just a player I love watching. I love Hedman too. So um, in that case, I like it. The one thing I will say. Is the whole John Cooper celebration up at the up at the podium where he brought up the whole coaching staff? Um, first of all, yep. hockey is one of those sports where I mean coaching matters, but it's not football where the coaching you know can really define a team. That's one. Two, it one of the most loaded rosters in, in hockey in the last thirty years. So why don't you chill out with your big celebration yep. up there, dude? I mean, this is Eric Spolstra <laughs> with, the, with the Miami Heat in 2010. Like, what did you do? You, you, have, you have a team that lost its best goal scorer uh, or best all-around player. Kucherov's probably a better goal scorer than Stamkos. But um, 1A and 1B, whatever. You lost Stamkos for this entire yeah. run. It didn't even matter. It didn't even look like it happened. So, you know, right. spare, me, spare me with your celebration. You were, you were a sidecar. Yep. Well, hey, you know, Tampa Bay hasn't got a lot else going for it, so hey, why not? Why not a Stanley Cup again? <laughs> That's all I can say. They are pretty. They're kind of fun to watch, in my opinion. I don't really have a dog in the fight, one way or the other, because you know, I was just happy the Blackhawks sniffed the uh, playoffs this year, and then the rest of the uh, hockey playoffs were kind of blur for me. So uh, you know, it was interesting to see, though. I was interested in watching the Stanley Cup. That was fun. Let me ask you this question. And I generally don't go here, but which of the two following events do you think was more antagonistic? The Stanley Cup between the Lightning and the Stars, with the Lightning winning 4-2 to two, and two of those games going to overtime, or the presidential debate between Trump and Biden? Which one was more antagonistic, you think? I mean, is, is it even a, even a question? Like, <laughs> that, that, uh, that debate was... Uh... I, I wind you up. I'm winding you up so that we can, we can cause all sorts of chaos online here. <laughs> you know, I, we don't have to get into politics, but let me, let me just say one thing. Because I, I got to get this off in the yep. public forum, um, and I'm not even going to state yep. my political affiliation. Uh, but you know, the, the Democrats rolling up the same playbook they did in 2016 is just—it's just absolutely wild to me. Uh, an institutional piece 
put out front and center as their candidate, as opposed to a, you know, a, a younger or a more uh, progressive candidate, you know, the safe choice. And then the whole campaign is just based on how bad Trump is. And, and, and my only point is that that, that line has not worked. You're not, you're not changing anyone's mind. Like you have to, you have to rally new voters to come in. You have to, in, in, you know, sell, sell the, the, the small, probably small minority of undecided voters right now on what you're going to do, not on just poking holes at what the guy has done the last four years. And it's just, it's just unbelievable sure. to me. Um, you know, and I think that, yeah, that thing was, that thing was just, it's just, we have two more of those. <laughs> Got, it was, uh, let me just say, you know, the, best point about it, it was crazy. the best point that's been made online, and I yep. can't believe this hasn't been like brought up before, like with all technology now, why can't you just run one mic at a time instead of sitting there and having, well, um, having the moderator, Chris, I forget his last name now. I'm going to draw a blank Chris on it. Wallace. But, yeah, Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace. Kind of lost and Chris Wallace, in the first five minutes. <laughs> I mean, and he was getting, and he was getting, you know, destroyed online too. And it's like, how would you like to be Chris Wallace in that situation? Like, did anybody have any chance of controlling <laughs> that room? And I saw a lot of people being like, oh, no this way. kind of person or this person would have controlled the room better. I'm like, I, I don't know, but, no way. but why, do we ha- why are we putting it on a person? But one live mic at a time. Yeah. Whoever, whoever is speaking, their, their podium is live. The other one is dead. Like, I don't understand why that's that hard to yeah. do, and it shouldn't be. I so. totally agree, but I, I have a feeling that that, that uh, someone's, a certain somebody on that stage has a voice that carries. <laughs> I have a feeling that it won't make too much of a difference, but yeah, it definitely is better than having the lives both both mics live at the same time. All right, or or they want to be chaos. Everybody, (laughs) (laughs) here's here's us moving on, and our fans cheering for us for moving on. All right, we got plenty discussed today, including breakout rookie uh, wide receivers uh, in week three. Lots of them breaking out this week. Uh, The fantasy football impact of that the postponed Steelers and Titans game, and games to watch in week four, and so much more. So let's just uh, go. All right, what a weekend for rookie wide receivers. In week three, we had lots of names become front and center and on their teams, including Brandon Ayuk of the San Francisco 49ers, Justin Jefferson in a big way for the Minnesota Vikings, T. Higgins of the Cincinnati Bengals, Chase Claypool, personal favorite of mine from Pittsburgh, uh, the Steelers, and, uh, and many others. So let's uh, flip it over to you here, Ryan, for a second. And let me ask you, you know, which one of these rookie wide receiver breakouts really stood out to you? And then uh, let's talk about the fantasy football impact as well. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I think everyone you just mentioned is, is worthy uh, of a of, of a note uh i don't know what i'm trying to say yep. worthy of bringing it up there but i'm gonna go off the board uh <laughs> yeah. to a guy who i'm very Excellent. big on off the board who nice. is uh completely uh just becoming well he's just becoming fantasy relevant he's got a lot of way to make up but mini camp uh or pre like mini camp there's no mini camps here uh preseason no <laughs> right. there's no preseason very mini camp training camp there we go third try <laughs> training camp uh darling uh, who, who, again, has a lot of competition. Um, and I don't know that a lot of us thought this offense would be this prolific passing the ball. Um, but, but this has been a guy uh, who I've been you know, on for a couple of weeks, was waiting for him to finally have that moment. Uh, week two, uh, okay. caught, a, caught a touchdown on his uh, one target uh, for six yards. And then okay. finally, uh, this past week, broke out with four targets, four receptions, 81 yards, and 
just trying to do one bit of math here. Yeah, if, I, if my math is oh, right. Math is hard. Math, math is, is hard. hard. <laughs> yeah. So let me just say impressive start here for efficiency. Two targets, two receptions, 16 yards week one. Uh, week two, he had one target, one reception, six yards for a touchdown. And then last week, he had four, four targets for four receptions for 81 yards. That means seven targets, seven completions, a touchdown, uh, over 100 yards so far. And that is Mr. Gabriel Davis of the Buffalo Bills. This is a kid that I'm super excited about. I'm hoping. Because I know John Brown and Cole Beasley have been good for Buffalo, but they're but they right. are who they are. They're 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 both you know you can't call Cole really a journeyman. He's only been two places, but um, but, but that's basically who they are, right? They're 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 solid veterans, but they're not elite uh, you know receiving uh, re- receivers. And I think at, at different pound, uh, at different points we thought John Brown could be, but he never really materialized into that. Injury is a big part of it, but um, so long way of saying that like. You know, I'm not if, – if I'm not coaching staff, if Gabriel Davis continues to have the preseason he did, now the production and efficiency he's having in the regular season, given the athletic yeah. gifts he has, are you, are you not yep. going to give him an opportunity because of those, those two guys in front of him? No. Stephon Diggs is the only guy that's clearly, hands down, a higher ceiling player than he is. Um, so I love that. Right. The Bills also – I saw this stat earlier, and I don't have it in front of me, so I'm going to butcher it, but um, it was something like the – the Bills have gone four wide receiver sets, 52 plays or something like that through, through the first three weeks. The whole rest of the NFL combined is at like 98. So the Bills themselves have made up like a third of the four wide receiver sets. So there is relevance there. I think his snap count percentage has been over 40% all three weeks so far. So even as the number four guy on his team right now, he is um, getting opportunities. And he went from, and I'm, I'm looking at half point PPR right now, he had 2.6 points one week, seven points the next week, and then 10 points last week. So he's getting better each week. Um, he's one of these guys that didn't have hype in the training camp and then come in and, and falter. He's uh, come in and continued to build off of that. So the other guys I'll let you talk about because they all had huge weeks. We know who they are and know what they did. Gabriel Davis is a guy who's not being paid attention to enough. Um, again, we talk about this guy a lot on our podcast, Matt Hicks. Um, from uh, I'm going to forget his affiliation now. Anyways. If you remember it, you shouted out. But Matt Hicks, uh, who we've talked about before, uh, I remember he, fantasy he now, analyst, but I can't, can't remember if he still if he's changed his moniker since then. Yeah, they've they've rebranded a couple times, so it's hard to remember. So fantasy analyst Matt Hicks, look him up on yeah. Twitter. Um, but he had a great post a couple of weeks ago, being like, uh, if you haven't boarded, uh, if you haven't boarded the the Gabriel Davis hype train by now, this is official notice. You're late. And um, I had already had yeah. him on several watch lists and in one of my deeper leagues. That was, that was the exact moment I went and added him just in case. And, uh, you know, it's a dynasty league, and I'm, and I'm glad he's on my roster. Yep, yep. So Matt Hicks at TDDR is where they're at now. Sorry, I, I forgot they had rebranded to TDDR. And, uh, and uh, definitely give him a follow at the FF underscore educator. Yeah, Matt Hicks, a good follow there and a good, uh, good, good call out there. Um, you know, some some of the other guys that I talked about earlier, you know, I, I'll just kind of name off a few things that I think are interesting about them. I mean, Brian Ayuk is a guy I was excited about in the preseason. Well, actually, I should say before the draft even, I was really excited about Brandon Ayuk, and I was surprised he went uh, later, but uh, he was a smaller name compared to all those guys uh, ahead of him, like Henry Ruggs. And, well, you know, there's a whole – there's so many wide receivers that were ahead of him in the draft. But uh, I thought he had a lot of ability, and he was came off an injury, and I thought he had an opportunity here at San Francisco because they uh, have so many injuries. And he really, really broke out last week. You know, he caught five or eight targets for 
70 yards along with rushing with 31 yards on a rushing touchdown. You know, the kind of problem here is that we're seeing how he works with Nick Mullins <laughs> and, uh, and working if a backfield that is not their starting two running backs and without George Kittle. So it's really hard to determine how that's going to play. But I, I love the upside here of Brandon Ayuk. And uh, I was really impressed with uh, Justin Jefferson. I mean, seven of nine targets, whopping 175 yards and a touchdown against Tennessee. Now, a big chunk of that was a 71-yard touchdown in the third quarter, which was brilliant. But um, let me say, you take that out. If you take that out, he was still six of eight uh, for 104 yards, which is a big day for any receiver. Regardless, you throw on that 171-yard touchdown, and it's um, really off to the races there. And I think Justin Jefferson has ascended to that wide receiver two position over in Minnesota. And, of course, you know, T. Higgins also a pretty big game, 5-9 and nine for 40 yards and two touchdowns. And Chase Claypool, I'm always a big fan of his coming out of Notre Dame. Um, you know, he has only had four targets. He only got one, 24 yards uh, in, on into week three. But – um, he is a guy who is an exceptional receiver. He had four targets. That's up from weeks one and two. Deontay Johnson exited early of a concussion in that game. I can see some upside here for Chase Claypool, who's a big guy who can run good routes and can get his body up there and position himself uh, for, in, uh, for those jump balls. So I think uh, there's a lot of upside there. Which one of those four, um, Ryan, Brandon Ayuk, Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, and um, Chase Claypool, are you looking to pick up in fantasy football? I mean, I, I you got to go J- Justin Jefferson. I think um, I just think yeah. that. Yeah. And I know that the Vikings have had a bad start, but they have the biggest hole to fill. You know, I was uh, joking about this because my uh, family um, is uh, well, not from we're f- from New England originally, but uh, moved out about ten years ago to Minneapolis, and then uh, just recently moved back. But we, so we were talking about the Vikings the other day, and it's just you know. Uh, Stefan Diggs' big issue was his role in the offense, uh, and it got to the point that they, they removed him, and then you realize just how vital he was to that offense, and that he's probably the guy, yeah. probably the guy who's, who, you know, uh, you know, you don't build your receiving core, in my opinion, around, you know, Adam Thielen. Um, and it's just Stephon Diggs that I yep. would have invested in. So, obviously, a huge hole there to fill. I know uh, that there's a little bit of a propensity to run more than pass there, but I think he's got the best, the best opportunity for whatever reason, Irv Smith is just not really catching on. Uh, Rudolph's on, on the back yeah, nine. So I, think the, I think the best opportunity is there. Pittsburgh's also weird because the fact that it really is just like, I mean, the, the targets are basically just going to Juju and, and Deontay Johnson. And I know Johnson's hurt right now. And I, I mean, you can check the tape on this show. I've been talking about Deontay Johnson for two years. Uh, well before everyone yep. became obsessed yep. with him this year. I've been talking to him since last preseason. Um, and yep. And so, like, I, I get why he's getting a lot of targets, and I like it, but James Washington's a non-factor. Uh, Claypool's making, you know, making the most out of his targets, um, but he's, uh, he's not uh, – he's just, like you said, he's just not getting a lot of looks right now. For whatever – I think it's something crazy, like 70 or 80% of the, uh, the targets are going to, to Juju and, and Deontay Johnson. Like, it's just, it's just yeah, a two-man show yeah. in Pittsburgh right now. Um, yeah, and I think so, that's locking in. For sure. Yeah, for those two and those two only. So um, that would be why I'd be down on him a little bit. Um, I mean, my favorite guy in the bunch is T. Higgins. We talked. I talked about a lot. I talked about him a lot going into the draft. Uh, prototypical yep. uh, body guy that I like. Um, but he, uh, you know, that that offense just that offensive line stinks and they can't run the ball. So even I, yeah. I, I like him probably as a as a prospect even by the end of the year better than I like 
in that offense better than AJ Green, not prospect like young player, but like as a fantasy prospect. Um, so in dynasty, I'd pick up T Higgins. Cause I think in a couple of years, Cincinnati can build something really special there with those, with that young wide receiver quarterback combo. Um, but they're just too much of a mess right now. And I forget who the fourth is because I've been talking so long. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk. Oh, so, I mean, San Francisco, San Francisco looks like a freaking uh, a battlefield infirmary. You know, it's, it's not that I, I like Ayuk a lot. I know. I can't believe that. The Giants is – I was horrible in our picks last week because my two big upsets were taking the Giants. <laughs> Over the 49ers, because I said, if the Giants are going to beat anybody this year, it's the 49ers. No, dead wrong. That's what I said. And the other one, I the other one <laughs> the, the 49ers had, practice squad. <laughs> I, the other one I had, I said, uh, Carson Wentz continues to get worse and worse. Like, people aren't paying enough attention. Go look, if you're a PFF subscriber, go look at a Carson Wentz's uh, grade just continue to plummet over the last, like, 10 or 11 games um, and how much he's fallen off. And just another uh, abysmal performance by him. Um, so I picked the, the Bengals to upset Philly and for Philly to go 0-3. And, 3, and uh, those two suck bag franchises apparently couldn't decide who sucked more. Uh, so they tied it up. So, um, <laughs> that was, so the that same, was thing, same thing San Francisco, uh, for Fryuk, as I, as I said, for Higgins, it's just, I just rather target good offenses and, and, and good offenses mixed with opportunity. And I just think that the, the best combo of those two is for Jefferson in Minnesota right now. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think that Jefferson is the, is the play as well. So let's go ahead and uh, go ahead and ring the ball, bell on that one and move on to our next topic, which is um, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Tennessee Titans. Game has been postponed. The NFL uh, t- tweeted out today and stated that the scheduled game for week four will be rescheduled to later this season after one additional Titans player and one personnel member tested positive for COVID-19 today. An announcement on the new game date will be made shortly. Um, of course, they say that the decision to postpone was based on ensuring the health of the players. Previously, they had indicated they were going to just give them an extra day or two to Monday or Tuesday. <laughs> Honestly, I never thought that was going to be the case. I don't see why that would have made much of a difference. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how this, uh, how this works out. I mean, NFL media's Tom Palacero noted that five players and six personnel actually tested positive for COVID-19 in total. Uh, over there, and uh, so the in, in Tennessee, so there is a, a lot, of, obviously a lot of issues there, um, and they don't want to risk what could um, be a uh, epidemic in the NFL. I mean, we're doing well so far, but we don't want this to derail the season. So hopefully, it won't be uh, an issue. But um, let me ask you this question: You know, what do you see this as being an impact going forward? I mean, this one's early enough in the year that they can reschedule it for a bye week, but later in the year, this could be tough because it's not like baseball where you can just play doubleheaders. And what do you think? Is this going to have some impact, some lasting impact on the NFL season? Do you think it's going to happen again, or do you think this is kind of a one-off and we won't see this uh, later on the season? Yeah, so it's uh, – I mean, you just kind of stole my <laughs> – my take there, uh, which is which is the only take no. that you should have. <laughs> That's what no, I do. <laughs> it's, but it's but it's true because I, I don't think you know. Started the debate on local sports radio the other day, um, where two of the guys said you, you got to play it, and the other guy, uh, Greg Bedard, who's from the Boston, uh, on the Boston, uh, is he Boston Sports Journal or is he the Athletic? I think he's Boston Sports Journal. Um, anyways, he, uh, he was saying, well, like, no, you can't, you, know, you just gotta, you gotta call this, you gotta do it. He goes, I don't understand why you would play through it. And, and the reason why you play through it is because it's not about this one game. Cause I heard, you know, the whole permeations of it today of that, 
the Steelers and the Titans actually have like buys uh, in back-to-back weeks, like seven and eight. And then one of them on those two weeks is playing the Ravens who have a buy right after. So like between those three, it's actually logistically not too tough to switch that all around, but here's where the issue is. So this now, this now burns both the Steelers and Titans by weeks um, because, because of this. Now they're going to reschedule. So that's fine. And if they don't get sick again, that's fine. But what if, the Bengals later this year get sick right before a late season game with the Steelers and they have to postpone it. Well, now you have no options. The Steelers buy game is already gone because they had to take it on this. So it's not, it's not this one off and you can, and honestly, if they're isolated, like teams have nothing to do with each other and there's only like three of them that pop up throughout the year, like you can manage that. So, but, but the other issue is because, and like you said, cause that was my thought. Cause I, I heard this a lot, especially in fantasy, uh, in the fantasy world, the people are like, well, in baseball, you know, cause we were talking about in our fantasy league about contingencies about um, yep. h- how to, you know, how to manage this. And, and you know, it's like, well, in baseball, you know, it's just kind of like tough luck or you manage that day because that game was postponed, but it's like, I mean, they could tack on a double header at the end of that series, you know, like they could realistically make yeah, it up that absolutely. week. And, you, and like, you understand right. that you, that you're going to miss players for your couple games during their, you know, that seven game stretch of games, that accumulation. It's not the same as missing an entire, you know, that, that'd be like in a team having an entire week canceled, you know? And and so it's like, you know, so now that you're having like whole games canceled, like it changes a lot. And then unlike baseball, you can't just make it up later. And so, cause the other, um, the other part of this is, is cause the easy thing to say is, well, just tack on a couple extra weeks. I've heard that one too, right? Just tack on a couple extra weeks Mm -hmm. and, and that's fine. But, but we all know about rhythm and playing right down the stretch. And so you look at a, a team like Kansas city, see Kansas city has no issues. And they run through this year like it looks like they're going to 15 and one. Let's say let's not put the curse and say they're going to go 16 and 0. Let's say they're 15 and one, right? Mm-hmm. And so now, now they got to right. sit. Now also the NFL season because all the tacked on by weeks to get through is 20, 22 weeks long. You know, something crazy like that happens. So the Kansas City Chiefs going to sit around for a month and a half before they get to play their playoff game? How is that fair to them? <laughs> you know, so it, it just it just right, becomes a right. fairness question across the board. It's like if you start tacking on all this stuff, well, the teams that don't have any issues, they're then, are then just sitting around waiting. And let's be honest with the additional playoff spot. We got like half the teams in the playoffs now. So like, that's going to affect, I mean, there's going to be a chance that there's going to be a couple teams in it that are not affected and that are just going to sit there the whole time. So I, I, I don't know. It's, it, it's be weird. You, you, at this point, and uh, we're going to talk politics. I guess so it's not, that, not, not that I'm a religious man, but you just got to sit back and pray at this point. Pray it doesn't happen. And, yeah, and honestly, right. I saw a release of the protocols of uh, of what happens once your team has been exposed. And one of the things is like anyone not right. wearing masks will need to be um, will will face suspension. Like the John Gruden shit. Like I'm sorry that they got to up that to a suspension. Stop with the fines. Start suspending right. players or, and coaches. Like and then right. last week because Gruden got fined, he, he showed up with a thong on his face. I mean that thing was not a face mask he was wearing in the game against the Patriots yeah. on Sunday. It's like, you know, we got this stuff. Like, they, they, I think, honestly, they just got to start being more restrictive with the protocols and more proactive instead of reactive. One quick note. Not yeah, that no, I agree. Crap, yep. But it's on in the background. Joe Flacco's just entered the Jets game. Uh, Sam Darnold was uh, basically super, uh, superplexed, suplexed. I don't know. I don't watch wrestling. Suplexed? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Picked up a slam down yeah, <laughs> and it right on his shoulder, and it looked like an AC joint type thing or collarbone. He's not really moving that arm. Oh, no way. Uh, just after he had a 46-yard touchdown run, too. That's too bad, huh? 
I still still think there's hope. I still think there's hope for Sam Darnold. I I just don't know how Adam Gase. Adam Gase coached a prolific offense with Peyton Manning and 800 weapons like 10 years ago. And this guy still has a job for life (laughs) in this league somehow. Adam Gase, he's my new... uh, He's my new Jeff Fisher early in our podcast days and a little bit more recently in our podcast yeah, yeah, days. Yeah, that's right. Oh, good. I love it. I, I've been missing you hating on people, so this is great. My, <laughs> my new Chuck Pagano. Adam Gates sucks. Hey, look at the Dolphins. The, all those players went off and succeeded the minute Adam Gates was gone. Kenyon Drake in Arizona. Uh, Devontae Parker finally was good last year. Uh, they, they, they gotta, this guy's got to go. He's going to ruin Sam Darnold. What, what chance he has left of being anything in this league? Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how. Um, I agree. This is going to be very interesting to see what's going to happen here. Um, and I don't have a lot of hope that Adam Gase is the answer for any football team out there. But that brings up this next weekend because we got some interesting matchups coming up this weekend. So let's go ahead and the boxing bell here and move on to the last topic of the day. And that's the games that we are looking forward to watch in week four. Fire away. What games are you looking forward to in week four and why? Well, I mean, it's one game, right? For me, it has to be. Get, uh, New England, Kansas City. Uh, yeah, okay. And I gotta tell you, I, and this is this is really an aside from the game because I don't think uh, I don't think the Patriots can stop uh, Kansas City right now. Um, the biggest story in New England right now that that you should be paying attention to if you're not is Stephon Gilmore got a pay bump, not years extended, but a pay bump. He's kind of around that cliff age for corners and for everything he, as, 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 for as, as elite as he was last year, he's not been good this year. Now I'm hoping it's a early season slump, uh, no training camp, no, 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 no preseason um, or an abbreviated training camp, but no training camp prior to preseason. Like hope he's just getting into the swing of things. Cause he's not looked good. The rest of the secondary has been pretty good. Um, but I think that's the big issue is that you need a big game out of Stefan Gilmore, which we have not seen yet. Um, so I, I truthfully think that the, this ends up being around a seven to 10 point victory for Kansas city. Um, but I'm looking for the Patriots to make it interesting for a while. And while we're on the topic, I do want to say that there's this national storyline going around right now about this underdog story of the Patriots. And it's almost like there's this, this new renewed thing. And you listen to a lot of analysts around the league, even online, it's like, Oh, Cam Newton doing what he's doing with the Patriots. Look how much the Patriots have changed. Like shift to their offense, like they, they, this is amazing what they're doing. No, 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 no. You guys don't get to, you guys don't just get to come and be all happy about about how good it looks now. You don't. You've cried for twenty years. You've 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 you've, you've proclaimed <laughs> okay. the go. end of the dynasty over and over and over again at nauseum. You've prayed for it. You you've tried to create scandal after scandal outside of just the scandals that were warranted. But like it, this is this is one of the most, you know universally hated teams in all pro sports and because Cam Newton's here and it's new and it's different now it's fun and you guys want to talk about it like it's fun no 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 you thought it was the end it again wasn't you again were all wrong because it was never just Tom Brady they it's the two of them combined so I'm not acting like he's doing this with Jarrett Stidham because he's not he's doing it with Cam Newton who was an MVP just a few years ago was finally healthy again and I get that Absolutely. absolutely the program is, is that good. The coaching staff is that good. The whole organization from the owner on down, and you can make your, your little Florida day spa jokes and your cheat, your cheating jokes oh, and Bella cheat and go. all that. And you can have all your little fun, but here it is. 
just another quarterback. Let oh, me tell boy. you something, because people will talk about the Belichick in Cleveland days, and you guys will tell me about the first year in New England when he was 5-11 and when he was still instilling his program. Since 2001, after that season, since Tom Brady took over, in games not started by Tom Brady, the Patriots are, uh, let me do the math here, it was 11-5, 3-1, so that's 14-6, and six, and now this year, 2-1, they are now 16-7 and seven over the last 23 games sure. without Tom Brady, which tells you, and that's with Matt Castle, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Jacoby Brissett, and Cam Newton. The program is that good. You're not getting rid of the New England <laughs> Patriots until Bill Belichick is dead. And you better hope that Josh McDaniels is not the second coming and is not out now learning under that, 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 that guidance and that, that they're not going on. Because you guys thought it was finally okay. over, but it's not. It'll and never be over. So, so stop, <laughs> stop trying to be part of it now because you like Cam Newton. You're not allowed. You stay away. Okay. Well, then I will I'll be sure to stay away because I am one of those guys who actually like Cam Newton. But that being said, there are other games around the league that I have my eye on. And actually, the, the funny thing is the game that was postponed is the one I was most interested in. I actually wanted to see the Steelers and the Titans and see which one of those undefeated teams are for real because I don't think either of them are really for real. Um, I think the defense in uh, Pittsburgh is probably legitimate. I don't know if I trust the offense. And I would love to see how they matched up with the Titans and how the Titans matched up with the Steelers, but we won't see that because it's postponed. Quickly so before you move actually, on to the next I'm game. I'm going to call up the – Let me ask that? you on that. Quickly before you move on to your next game, let yeah. me ask you on that. What is your big question around the, the Steelers' offense? Well, well, my big question on the Steelers' offense is I just don't think that Ben Roethlisberger is going to be able to consistently carry that offense. They, I don't think they have a solid enough ground game to carry them. I, I don't – I love. I think Connor's a great guy. I don't think he's gonna. He's gonna. He, I can't think he can carry that. And I don't think Big Ben is Big Ben anymore. And I think Juju Smith-Schuster is the only, you know, real um, weapon there. And I just don't see that being enough. I just don't see that being enough for the Steelers. That's that's kind of Thank my feel for it. Ask, I don't a, know if that's true a CBS, though. There's a CBS Sports uh, Instagram account that every week I forget the writer, but they they keep releasing their top ten power rankings for quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, and through yeah. three weeks. Big Ben's been in the top ten on that list all three weeks, and I'm like, what is, what is this guy watching? I don't buy you, that. Like, Big crazy. Ben has not been good. He's not been good since he came back. No, he's been fine. No. He's not. No, no. He's not Peyton Manning in 2015, he's, but but he's not. But he's not. He's better than what they had last year. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. I mean, right. I agree. Yeah, me, me and you might have been able to go out there and be better than they were last year. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, uh, I just wanted to that's right. That they had a dumpster fire last year. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, so, so I'll say this though. So of the games that actually are playing next week, and you did you didn't name one. I do want to see Kansas City and, and New England play, but I actually am interested in seeing the Browns and the Cowboys play because the Browns are two and one, the Cowboys are one and two. I kind of feel like those records don't in any way reflect those teams. I I think the Cowboys are better than one and two, and I think the Browns are worse than two and one by a long shot. And I'd be interested to see how that plays out. Um, coming into uh, into this week four. And I would be – I mean, I'm a Bears fan, so I'm biased. I want to see how Nick Foles plays in a full game. I just want to see how he plays in a full game. He obviously had a great fourth quarter, and the Bears have made a deal to the devil somehow and come back from, uh, from multi-digit uh, deficits in the fourth quarter miraculously twice and um, has been a complete heart attack Bears this year. But, you know, the Colts aren't, uh, aren't chopped liver. They're not, gr- they're not great, but they're not chopped liver. And I, I'd like to see how Nick Foles fits in um, 
in a full game uh, after he's had a full week to actually practice with that offense. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. So those are the games that I'm looking forward to, along with the one you mentioned. I would love to see what uh, Patriots and the Chiefs do as well. All right. Well, we are at the end of the end of the show. Uh, it always goes so quick, as I always say, and we're going to go ahead and hit the air horn on the entire show here. Bam. Excellent. All right. So why don't you give us your social media and what do you have coming up? You got some stuff coming up with uh, fantasy pros or pro 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 football focus? Uh, nothing, nothing coming up right now. To be honest, uh, I'm coming off of a eight day head cold and oh. just trying to get back to, to normal life as long here. Just so. a head cold, you're good. Yeah, I know. This conversation you got not not just you. I've had that with everybody. Like we are going to get sick again, where it's not going to be COVID. But but wait till you get sick this winter. First question everyone asks you uh, is if it's COVID, um, but yep. it wasn't. So, uh, anyways, uh, okay. but yeah, you can follow <laughs> me on Twitter at Ryan Whitfield. Any while we're on the topic, though, I, I do got to mention that that Bears team is the worst three and zero I have ever seen um, in, in my life. It's the fakest. Oh, come 3-0. on, it's fun. Uh, I'm no, not saying they're good. I'm saying it's fun. Jerry, <laughs> Jerry Judy just caught an unbelievable touchdown in this game too. Uh, people have to go back and watch that. That was wow. Uh, right over I'll, coverage, I'll go back plucked it out of the air, pulled it in, and walked backwards into the end zone. Uh, again, how this man fell halfway through the first round is still beyond me. Um, Brett Ripien, the savior of the Denver Broncos. How does that sound, huh? Quarterback, savior, yeah. six of six now, 100%. <laughs> he is six of six. It's, it's, it's pretty wild. Who needs Drew Locke? We game, have Brett Ripien, guys. <laughs> the amount of penalties in this game so far, and I'm talking running into punters. Uh, I think there's been like three roughing the passers since I've watched. I mean, it's just like this is just as dysfunctional as everyone knew it was going to be. This game sucks, but I'm going to sit here and watch the whole thing. <laughs> Anyways, well, just, and that's what they follow said. me on Twitter. That's what they said. Yep. Sorry. Yeah, definitely Sorry, give well, Ryan a follow. Always good stuff there. You can yeah. tell he never. He, you can tell that he never has an opinion on anything. So. You know, really boring follow. <laughs> and you can follow me at FB Garbage Time. Thank you once again for coming out and listening and wasting time with us. Until next time, enjoy your NFL week. Next week we'll have to set up a, a little friendly friendly bet with maybe a payout to charity on whether or not the Bears actually even make the playoff at the starting three and out. Oh, you, you, know, you are on. Everybody, tune in next week for that. <laughs>